how do I sound? Great. Great levels. Amazing levels. Cool. We're here. We got Larry, DJ Preschool, <laughs> on the Very A Podcast, our dear friend. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Damn. Great seeing you guys again. Yeah, yeah. We first met at Athenium a couple months ago. Correct. A psychedelic library in Midtown Manhattan. Highly recommend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were going we were going over to like look at the records, and you were standing there, and we started talking. And I was like, yeah, I'm a deadhead, this and that, thinking we were going to connect about that kind of music. I was like, this guy's an old head, too. I guarantee it. And you're like, yeah, Grateful Dead's cool. I smoke joints with those guys. Whatever. I was like, you, you got my attention. <laughs> but you're like, house music is where it's at. And it just blew my mind. So, uh, yeah, welcome. And uh, you guys got to see me lay out my house. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was. We, we got to see the legend in action. It was pretty awesome. Union Pool on a Friday night. Jesus Christ, man. The ladies were going berserk. Everyone was having a good time. It was lit. It was a late night for us. That's to, for us. Like, <laughs> we were like, we might not last as long as yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that, you know, that, that's, the, that's the thing with house music right now. It's like, it's, it, like I, I told you before, I mean, I just think for this time and place, in the world, house music is a very powerful, positive thing mm. for people. And, and it particularly young people, it just really hits them hard, you know. And, and, and the kids that are making it are, are, are have, you know, it, it's very similar in my mind to the way when the Beatles and the Stones started, mm. they, were, they were taking in all this from the the old blues guys, yeah. you know, and, and Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, and all this, you know, and and what you've got now with the house is that the kids that are making it are going back and listening to the Acid House and the and the early uh, Detroit and New York and Chicago house, you know, mm. from the '80s and '90s, and then the re, which was also, you know, in a lot of ways very political, mm -hmm. and 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 they're kind of re redoing it. For this moment, which yeah. which arguably is one of the most intense moments going on in in human history right now, yeah. and 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 the positive nature of it is just so strong. Uh, I mean, and you saw it at Union Pool. I mean, yeah. th that's the kind of reaction I get everywhere. Wow. When I play it, I mean, I mean, people come up to me, the kids come up to me, they they send me messages on Instagram. I mean, I mean, they're really feeling it because. You know, they want to be positive. They mm. don't want to believe that that there there isn't a solution to these problems, mm. and and the house really really uh, helps them, makes them move forward, and that's precisely why I do it. You know, and it's the way I feel. I mean, it makes me. There's yeah. There's absolutely nothing I do in my life that's better than when I'm behind the decks, mm. uh, playing that music. Oh, you yeah. certainly look like you're having a great time. I, 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 I mean, I mean, and I, I've told you before. I mean, I mean, I go by the fact that uh, when I was 18, I was watching Led Zeppelin, you know, in front of big speakers, maybe 500 of us there, you know, and, and and it's that same feeling I get when I'm really banging it, yeah, with the house, and it's just hitting people. It's like it's that same feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like this this uh, positive energy that comes out of the music and goes into each of us and then back to us. And the, and the range of people, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, uh, at one, one gig I had, I, like I said, I, I work in a community garden. Yeah. And, uh, 
the woman who who kind of is the head of the garden is a really nice woman. She's you know early forties. She's a mom. She's got mm. three kids. So she came to one of my shows with like six of her mom friends, all all you know like much older than the other crowd, yeah, and yeah. they just loved it. Wow. They couldn't. They. Stayed all night, closed the bar down. Wow. We're hugging me after. We just loved it. You know, it's like it's very universal music. Mm. And you can particularly see it, how, how the way it's bringing in uh, Latin music. There's a lot, a lot of cumbia house that's happening. The Afro music. Like it, it, it's, it's just like rock and roll in the sense that it can take mm. from all these different genres and 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 kind of transform into this incredibly powerful thing. I'm curious because you've been around a long time. You were you've been listening to music for a long time. How much of it has to do with um, the the substances that are combined with these things? Like you saw, like there there was acid music in the '60s, and then there's music that you listen to from the '70s and '80s. You're like, that's cocaine and alcohol, yeah. and like, yeah. this is MDMA music. Yes, yeah, absolutely MDMA music. And, yeah, and I mean, I try to take MDMA every time I DJ. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do. I, I sometimes I don't have it, but like as much as possible, I'm there, and and most of the the kids are doing it too. And I, I think it, it is that because. Mm. One thing about MDMA is that it, it's it's that drug that really clues you into the universal nature of all of us and how right. we're all connected, mm. and 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 that's really where the house music goes. I mean, particularly with the beats being in that like kind of one twenty, one twenty five, it's very like it, it just kind of locks you into a like like it's not unusual for me to go all night at say one twenty five. Like really? every single song, uh, I mean, I, wow. you know, I'm adjusting, but like, yeah. like, I just stay on that beat all night, wow. and and people just they ride the wave with me, you know, and, and it's just amazing, wow. and I think that it, the it's definitely that kind of music, you know, mm. and and uh, did it start with that? Like, how did how did house music start? Well, house music started, you know, basically in gay and 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 black clubs, and and kind of evolved from disco oh, okay so you know you had uh frankie knuckles and larry levon here in new york and then and then knuckles went to uh chicago you know and 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 it came out of that scene where where people were uh and and, and very heavily influenced by 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 the by the hip hop that was coming in in the sense of the idea that if you've got a certain section of the song mm. that really sounds good, like you play it a lot, okay. you know what I mean? And and a lot of these guys, uh, you know, Levon and David Mancuso and a lot of these guys that started the house. I mean, they would play uh, a particular track. They might play it four times a night. It, it was about the feeling of getting everybody. It was it, it was the music and the people together. And the crowd you know, doesn't mind, like they, of course not, like, because everybody like, is yeah. <laughs> everybody is locked in together. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to pick the right music. Yeah, but yeah. When you pick that music, and everybody's locked in, and and it, it, it came out of disco. So the the late seventies, you know, particularly in the gay clubs and and, and uh, uh, you know clubs with a lot of uh, uh, poor people, really. Yeah. You know, the the the, the disco began to evolve 
into this whole house thing, you know, with 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 the with that four on the floor beat and and a lot of uh, uh, soulful vocals, okay, and a lot of piano percussion and 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 honestly, what's happening now is the kids that are making it have heard all that and they're bringing a lot of that back in. The mm. samples that they're using are amazing. Mm. The lyrics that are coming out are are very meaningful, mm. you know. Uh, th- th- there's a song that they that they that that's very popular now, you know, that came out of uh it's called Thin Line and it's kind of a reworking of an old Lisa Stanfield song, but it's just it's it's amazing, you know, we're all dancing on a thin line. Yeah. You know, and like the the people feel it. Like everybody mm. knows that we're in this incredibly fucked up situation. And when house started, everybody was in a fucked up right. situation, you know. Yeah. And then since then, you know, it's it's blown up and you've mm. got EDM and you've got techno and you got all this stuff, but ultimately the house thing is this soul. It's like yeah. it's this soulful part of it. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm all genres are great. Like yeah. I got nothing wrong with techno. There's mm. nothing wrong with hip hop, rock, everything. But but when it comes to really hitting inside people's soul, mm. because of the fact that that house came out of that whole disco, which came out of the R and B, so it's just kind of like direct mm. connection to really the blues and everything. You know, yeah. this is th- this is why it's so I think it's so powerful and it hits people so much. Wow. And 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 I can tell you that. I mean, most of the people that come to see me are in their 20s, mm. and they, they love this stuff. They know Damn. it. They feel it, you know, and and, and uh, I'll play, you know, like like my my tracks tend to go really long. Like, I don't believe in – there's a lot of different ways to DJ, but, but to me, when I'm DJing, I'm simply channeling to everybody there. I'm just looking at you. I'm mm. watching you, and I'm giving you – so if the song's eight minutes long, man, I let it go. Hell yeah. You know, like yeah. enjoy it the way I'm it, you know, and, yeah. it, and and then just bring in the next one and bring it back, you know, up like that. And mm. and, and and it it's just uh it's just an amazing thing in the, the last year and a half or so it's been that way and it really doesn't end whether whether there's three hundred people there or twenty people there, it's just hitting people yeah. strongly. So th- that's why I feel like it's it's the rock and roll of today in right. a lot of ways. Yeah. Although the whole country and the whole music business is so screwed up that you've got this, you know, tons of other stuff going on. But underground and 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 people that are really looking for something real, like the house is really worth worth that. Well, that, that's what you were telling us. I was yeah. like, I just listened to Grateful Dead because yeah. you're like, yeah. if you want the new version of that, if you you know, these are the people that picked up where they left off. Yeah. It might not sound like that, but it is. And, and, and you'll notice, like when I'm doing it, I I make it psychedelic. I'm hitting echoes. Yeah. I'm doing delays. I'm bringing the stuff in and out. You know, yeah. like that's no different than what the Dead were doing. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. it's the same thing. And these kids, they're getting it. You know, it's just that yeah. it's just that music resonates with the world that we're in at the moment. Yeah. So the dead resonated in that world of the 60s. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, the the rock and roll in the 70s resonated in that world, Mm. you know, and and this is what's resonating now with with what's really going on. It's not that there isn't a lot of other good music around, Mm. but there's only certain kind of music that really is hitting the, 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 
the spirit of this moment. And this moment is we're in a very bad situation. Yeah. And if people don't start realizing that we're all in this together, that we got to stop hating each other, that people got to stop killing each other and we got to mm. save the planet, then we're not going to get anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and back in the 60s, we knew it and we knew it through that, that, you know, like the dead, like 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 you know, the Beatles and, and the Rolling mm. Stones and stuff. But there was a there was a. We could afford to be a little more naive and optimistic right. back then, mm-hmm. but at this point, especially going through the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands, like uh, n- nobody's optimistic. But we all still understand that this is the only answer. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't any other answer. Yeah. Capitalism yeah. isn't going to save us. The politicians yeah. aren't going to save us. None of that's going to save us. The only thing that's going to save us is when people start realizing that we're all one, like mm. we're all together. I mean, you could say it's spiritual hippy-dippy, but it's not. No. Like the earth, everything, we're all one thing here, and we're killing it, and we got to stop that. And, and so to me, that's the message that comes out in my music, that mm. we're all one in that moment. And I, and I think the fact that I'm so much older than the kids makes it a stronger message. Oh, because yeah. they're connecting with me, I'm connecting with them. I'm 40 years older mm. than anybody in the place. But yeah. we're all on the same page. Like I, I don't think I could do that if I was spinning rock and roll. Like, like right. It's because of what I'm spinning. And mm. I'm still making the psychedelic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hit those effects i do everything i can oh, yeah to we make, were there to, i mean you heard you <laughs> yeah. know like i'm not messing around with this shit like yeah. like it's there and to me that's that's the key of it you know it really mm. is so take us back like uh what were you doing in the 60s and the 70s how did you like you so you were around and a young you were a young man when like acid first hit the streets yeah so so for me i mean uh what happened with me was i was uh i, b- I was born in massachusetts and i was living there in high school and at that point if you were a young man uh you know you were faced with you were either going to have to deal with the draft mm. or go to college or get some job i mean i mean i mean the 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 situation wasn't too good those and, aren't great options and, <laughs> and, and all the adults seemed to be really fucked up i mm. mean honestly to my mind when i was like 17 18 i considered Everybody that was an adult was completely fucked up. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. Things were getting worse and worse. You Huge know. generational divide between yeah, you yeah, and your parents. Yeah, it was gigantic. Yeah. There was like there were no words there. So for me, I mean, I I finally went around one day to all my friends, got money from everybody, and jumped on a bus. And I was living. I was born in Springfield, Mass, and I mm-hmm. went to Boston. So this is like you know, 1967. So I got. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I had to get out. Like get away from the adults, figure out something. So I got mm. to Boston, and uh, I'm walking around there, and I start seeing all these uh, hippies, and they're all walking towards uh, <clears throat> Boston Commons, which is the big park in the middle of Boston. Mm. So it just so happened that I got there on the day when there was a big anti-war rally going on i didn't know this at all so i get there and there's like hundreds of people and it's mm. like you know hippies and bikers and all sorts of stuff going on right and i, I just you know, whoa right so this uh this hippie dude comes up to me <clears throat> 
to me, he seemed like a very much older person, but in reality, I'm sure he was only like 20 or 21. I mean, yeah. you know, he's like a couple years older than me, but he had like super long hair and he's like, yeah, dude. So we're talking and he goes, dude, he goes, I know, I know how you're feeling and I know what we should do. I said, what's that? And he pulls out two tabs of acid and he goes, <laughs> we should, we should drop acid together. And I'll like, I'll hang with you and we'll, you'll see. Right. And you got to realize that, that, you grow up in the 60s and they told you that acid fucked up your genes, that you'd have like deformed babies. Your DNA. That, yeah. that you might commit to. I mean, yeah. the, the, it, it was, it, I, I don't want to pretend like it was an easy decision. Like, you, you know, they had filled your head with all this insane stuff about, I mean, insane stuff. Mm. But there was just something about this dude that I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna I mean what do I got to lose Fuck like it. like everything is so <laughs> fucked so we dropped and I mean honestly that trip and I've taken many many other trips but like that's kind of the I just I just realized at that moment you know that it's all us and we're all in this together and people are doing what they choose to do and that mm. and and if you want things to be different then you got to choose to do different things and it was just an amazing it sounds simple, but for an 18, 17-year-old... Yeah, it was, it was like, a huge, huge yeah. realization that I could just give, let it all go, mm-hmm. you know, and just find my, my people. Mm. And so from there, I started, you know, hitchhiking around the country, and I was in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then, and then staying in Boston somewhat. I got very involved in the anti-war movement, uh, trying to always from the point of view of trying to organize hippies mm. uh, into working with like the students and, and other people about, because at that time the, the war was a very heavy thing, you know? Yeah. Eventually I ended up on a hippie commune in Oregon in, uh, in like 1970 because of the fact that the 68 and 69 were very heavy times. And, mm. you know, we, there was a lot of uh, huge demonstrations, a lot of riots and, uh, the conspiracy trial, people getting busted and this and that. So at a certain point, a bunch of us moved up to the mountains thinking, well, maybe we'll just start the revolution up here. Mm. It's important to realize that, that the movement back then was very powerful and very big, and it yeah. was like all over the country. And there was a definite feeling that maybe we could actually have a revolution. And, and, and it's very important to understand that key to that was people doing LSD. Yeah, come like, on. It's not, you know, you know, they can change it all they want, but the 60s were the 60s because thousands and thousands of people took LSD at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and and they formed communes, and they they came up with all sorts of crazy ideas and music and film and art, mm. and it was all that. But that but the reaction of the of the pigs was very heavy. So, yeah, right. You know, we ended up uh, like I said, we went up there in the mountains, and and then after a couple of years there, it was plain that this was going to be a much longer haul. And that's what I mean about we were kind of naive in the '60s, thinking, wow, with all these people and kids and you know, music and everything, yeah. somehow this is going to happen. But but it didn't happen, you know. Because uh, the powers that be were noticing what you guys were doing and starting to criminalize Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, laws against communes and, and uh, drugs and all sorts of stuff, you know. So for me personally, uh, I ended up moving to San Francisco like around 71 
or so and moved into a very large commune there. And because the commune was so large, uh, we were able to uh, actually create kind of a space in the Haight-Ashbury that was pretty cool. We had our own uh, food co-op and we had like a recycling center and we had the, the thing I mostly worked on was a, a community-based uh, event collective that we would put on events both for ourselves and for all for other community groups mm. right so this was a way that 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 hippies who didn't have any way of making money could survive and also provide a, a direct service to uh the rest of the of the community uh and uh at that point the the commune kind of became part of the white panther party which was uh, a, a nationwide organization formed after the Black Panther Party, and and but our our uh, political platform, mm -hmm. in, which well number one was the support of the Black Panther Party, what we believed in is dope, rock and roll, mm -hmm. sexual liberation, com communal living, you know, and 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 our whole thing was to try to create that. And for about you know five or six years we were able to do quite a bit, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when uh, the, the, we would put on events like, like block parties and street parties, but also very large concerts. So, for instance, uh, the Starship, uh, the Grateful Dead, both did shows for us. We, did, we broke the ban on uh, Golden Gate Park had outlawed music events in 1969, and in 1975, we broke that band by taking them to court, and we put on a show with the Starship and the Dead. Hell yeah! Which cool. had 50,000 people. I've heard uh, that show. That, that show is is archived yep. and is arguably one of the best Grateful Dead shows yep. Yep. of that era. Yeah. You know, it was kind of it was kind of in that lost area where they weren't playing very much, yeah. and they were. I think they were really you know they were on like, hiatus. Like, like everybody else, they were trying to figure out, you know, which way to go. So. Uh, that was like an amazing thing, and and you know we we kept things going, and then eventually, however, the '80s came, and and you know it, I think this is when all of us kind of lost our our naivete uh, and and realized that we, this was going to be a much longer haul to figure things out, and and we got raided by the police many times. Mm. Uh, I went, in, I ended up going to jail for about a year and a half for for on phony charges. Uh, because of our political activities against the against the the government there, Fuck. and when we got out, like I was pretty much the end of that. And 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 at that point, I had a kid who was mm. like seven years old. Mm. So uh, for me personally, uh, I found different ways to survive, mostly doing IT work and stuff. But I never lost my my my. Uh, my love of, of music and, and people and I was I went out to punk shows and reggae shows and I was constantly still with people and doing things but it was only uh, in in uh, the late 90s that I you know my kid had grown up and, and I had a little bit more free time and I was very fortunate and moved to New York and fell in with a bunch of people in Williamsburg. And, and Williamsburg in the late 90s, early 2000s, Ooh. was very similar to what was going on in the hate. Yeah, the you only told real, me that. That surprised the, me. The, it, it was very similar in the sense of it wasn't just a bunch of kids, but it was all kids 
who had left wherever they were because they couldn't fit in there. Mm-hmm. And they all came here, and it was very psychedelic. And yeah. people were all tripping and, 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 yeah. and getting together. And that's why you saw such a huge outpouring of great bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only real difference is that, that when, when it was happening in the hate in the 60s, it was also happening over the whole country. When it was happening, you know, yeah. in Williamsburg, it was just, just much less. It was yeah. just <laughs> Williamsburg. But... M- my kind of hanging with with those people who were all much younger than me. I mean, I was like maybe fifty when I got there, and most of my friends were nineteen and twenty, and they were kind of <laughs> the ones yeah. that convinced me to get into DJing. You know, and 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 uh, from there, it's just been like it's just that's been my thing from 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 then on. Uh, finally, I got up in around twenty fourteen. I was able to stop working completely. And just devote myself 100% to DJing, which is what I've been doing since then. And that was a bold decision, too, because you had a pretty cush corporate Yeah, gig. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was doing IT. I was making good money, but it was just like, there was, it was meaningless. You know, yeah. there was just no point in it. And I was very inspired by all the people that I was with, the kids. And I realized I needed to get back in touch with that part of me mm. that was real, you know. And, 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 and everybody was very supportive of it, you know, and, and my older friends and my young friends all and so I took the leap and it was the right move you know and and then since then it's just been a constant journey of uh developing my DJ skills and 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 looking for that uh right kind of uh, vibe to send out to people and and I've always been good at it and it's always been fun but but it was only really in the last couple of years that I was really able to to lock into something that I felt, you know, was similar to the to the kind of message that was coming out in the '60s, and that's the house music, you know, and mm. it, it, it's it's a uh, uh, it's really what I focus on now, and and it it's the right move, and it made me realize that you know it doesn't really matter what age you are if you're not feeling it, what you're doing, you need to break out of it, you know, like you really do, and like like yeah, it doesn't matter how hard it is. I mean, I I'm much poorer now. My life is completely different, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You're happier. You know? I'm way happier, and I'm more fulfilled, and I'm probably gonna live a lot longer mm. than if I had stayed, you know, making a lot of money doing IT. It's just it's just useless. It's yeah. worthless. And, and 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 you know that's kind of like the message I'm hoping that people realize is you, you, it it's always scary to make the leap, but it was scary when I was 18 and it was scary when I was 55. You yeah, know, like right. it's always scary, but when you make that leap, 100 percent of the time it's the right thing to do. You yeah. know, and so I I'm you know I, I right now it's like there. There's nothing better than when I'm behind the decks, yeah. just sending those vibes out to everybody in the room, you know, and, and, uh, that's like, I don't really believe in, uh, giving speech. Like I never gave up anything that, like, I think my, my, I, I can say that I never once sold out my principles. I never stabbed anybody back or lied about anything or, or any of that kind of stuff. And like, uh, I just feel so right in what I'm doing, and 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 I, and I believe that it, it, if I can serve as an example through that, that it doesn't really matter 
how old you are or what you think you're doing, like you can take it to another level. Yeah. And honestly, we've all got to take it to another level because yeah. we, we like something radical has to happen if we don't want this whole thing to go down because mm. there are so many insane people in the world right now. I mean, we're seeing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like I don't care what side of the fence you're on with the Middle East, like religious fundamentalism is wrong. It's, yeah. the, it's evil. <laughs> yeah. It's the evilest. The, the only God is we're all God. Mm. We're all love. We're not, anything else is ridiculous. Mm. Anything that, when you can hurt somebody else, the way those people are hurting each other, you're, there's something wrong with you. And hide like, behind God. Yeah. Like it's, there's just, it's just wrong, you know? And like, we, those of us that aren't like that, those of us who have some semblance of rationality and mm. feeling like we've all got to get back together. I don't, I don't believe in going back to the sixties, but communal living, getting rid of money, uh, you know, building up the land, you know, like working in this community garden. If, if, if every single space in New York city that didn't have a building on it was turned into a garden, it would have a huge impact on things. If we yeah. got rid of all the cars, it would have a huge impact yeah. on things. These are the only things that are going to save us. Mm. And all of us starting to work together and, and not allowing money to be the intermediary with all of our transactions. Mm, that's you know? a huge one. Bypass yeah, and, and, the vibration yeah, of that. I mean, I mean, that's what... We were right in the 60s in what we knew we needed to do. That's why... Uh, gay liberation, trans liberation, uh, climate, all this stuff. That was all there. Yeah. People were into it then. We we just didn't, we were just too naive about it and we didn't quite figure out how to make it happen right. And they took away the drugs, yeah. right? When you might be yeah. starting to be on to something yeah. with it. And now, yeah. you know, those drugs are coming back yeah. And, and, yeah. and people are, are not allowing the government to push all those lies anymore, you know? So I think this is a moment when we need to take advantage of that yeah. and spread it out more mm. because if you can get thousands and thousands of kids to uh, to get a psychedelic experience and feel that oneness, mm. that will have an impact on everybody, you oh, know? Yeah. And, and, and uh, for me, it's like in my own little way, like that's what I'm trying to do. Hell yeah, man. I've been probably talking. No, that was, all, dude, like, this is why we had you on. Okay. Well, this is, like, I think an important perspective for us to have because, I don't know, it's so tempting for me to be, like, communal living doesn't work. Ego structures are too strong. Power imbalance is corrupt. And I think that you're, like, have lived it. And you have been through those experiences. And you do have, do see how it's possible. And I'm just, like, curious how... How it, how you've seen it work, and what do you think about it well, can work or doesn't work? I, 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 everything that you said is correct. I mean, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat the. I mean, living in communes were the absolute best moments of my life, and also some of the absolute worst moments of my life right. because a lot of us were still trying to deal with sexism and misogyny and and and. Uh, you know, homophobia and all sorts of things. And and I, I'm not sure that the way we did communes is right. I'm not even sure that, that, that what we need now is communes in the sense of uh, 
large groups of people living together. It, rather, it's more of an intercommunal feeling where people begin to treat each other in a communal way so that instead of like uh, paying for things, people start trading things and services. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and even, well, if, even if it's just, you, you know, like the, it's more like seeing the city as an urban commune. Not, mm. not so much communes as groups, groups of people, people intentionally living together, but rather, <laughs> yeah. but rather the city with everybody intentionally living together. Because what communal really right. means is intention, mm. that everybody is intent and has an intention of trying to live together by certain rules that everybody agrees to. Mm. Mm. So, so to me, it's like when I work in the, in the garden, that's communal. Yeah. Like we have communal beds. It's not that I'm living with all those people, but, but when it comes to growing all that food, we're, working we're, not, yeah. we're not doing it by, oh, you're the head gardener, so you tell us what to do. We're all working it out together. Yeah. What well, can we do here? How can we work on this together? Uh, how can we, you know, like what do you, th- you know, like, like, like spending the time to figure out how to make it right. So, so to me, it's like it's that concept of, of 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 kind of an expanded communal viewpoint so that all of us look at each other as brothers and sisters and figure out how i mean it would be tremendous if instead of having to go to the supermarket everybody was growing food and trading food yeah. and doing things these things may seem impossible but they're not imp- they i mean i mean one thing that covid should have shown everybody is that there's all sorts of things that could be done Yes, all that money, <laughs> all that money that's now going to kill people in the Middle East when it was going to all of us, let us do things that we couldn't do. That yep. it's 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 all just a question. But we but but the truth is, we got to get rid of all these old politicians. And the, this is the one thing that you know. <laughs> it's the other sixties thing that's true. Is like you, we got to get rid of all that old thinking. Yeah. Old you know, paradigm. we got to break that. You know, all this arguing about congestion price, just get rid of the cars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. And, well, that's and, what and, we do. We get caught up on, like, all the minutia of this yeah. problem, and it's like we're not even looking at the real problem. And, Why are there so many cars in the fucking yeah. city? And, and, and there, that's what I mean about, like, if, if all of us in the city were communal, then we would communally say, you know what? We need to get rid of the cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get rid of the cars. And there would be a million problems that would come up. But if we were all willing to sit down and figure out. Now, maybe that means that every neighborhood has to be communal in its own. You, you know, I don't know. But what I do know is we've got a lot more technology now. We have ways of communicating with each other that are, that are head and shoulders over what we had in the 60s. You know, we can... Fifty of us can all be on the talking to each other on the on the same chat, you know. Like, there's all these things that can happen. So, so I believe that that there's a way to use this technology to help us have this intercommunal way of living. I mean, the Black Panther Party was the Black Panther Party believed in intercommunalism. That's what we yeah. believed in too. Yeah. And intercommunalism doesn't just mean people living in these little groups. It, it means, means making sure breakfast is there. Right. And, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that that your laundry's done. And there's a million ways we can do that. And so that's kind of what I mean by by Well, it's, it's just like now. being open to better ideas. Like yeah. it's insane. We live on, I guess it's called a cul-de-sac, but it's crazy that 
or don't we know. don't know our neighbors. We, yeah. we know some of them, but right. not as close as you could. Like we could, we don't need every house to have a lawnmower. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Every house has a personal lawnmower, which is like, these are things that could be more communally. Yeah. I, I think that the, the thing that they did to you guys and our generation with drugs happened to us with uh, communal living. I think they poisoned us yeah. on the idea. They shrunk the scope to communal living means you live together on something. There's probably a cult leader there. There's yeah. drugs. There's exactly. all kinds. It, it, it's it, not what it's it is. Not you just described it perfectly yeah. for someone like Cass who might have been caught in that paradigm right. yeah. of like, wait, does this mean I have to live with people? What if I get annoyed by them? Is it like, of course you would. Yeah. What are you, what are they? Not, everyone's yeah. human still. Yeah. But starting to think of New York City as a as a commune, well, or Brooklyn, or Brooklyn, exactly, or, 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 or even Ridgewood. like Ridgewood, you yeah. know. And it, it's what I mean. Like the community garden is like there's a hundred people in that garden. Like I said, some of them are moms with with kids, that are married couples, and there's somebody like me, right? Then there's some migrants that just came, and there's, all, but all, everyone is communally and intentionally and voluntarily treating the garden as a precious resource mm. for the community. So when we have meetings, you know, like this is an interesting thing about it. Like this first year, about half the garden was communal and the other half was these individual plots, you know? So we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to do about the individual plots and everybody was thinking, yeah, well, we'll continue. But, but as the meeting went on and people talked, Everybody realized what they really wanted to do was make the whole thing communal yeah. because they wanted to like the whole thing that was great about the garden was everybody working together, mm. meeting there on a Sunday and, and weeding or or watering because it was giving everybody a chance to be with their neighbors yeah. in a co communal experience, you know, and, and so now we're, we're planning on expanding the communal part of it you know and this is from people who are not hippies they're not yeah they're not even people mind you know they're just a whole wage of people from all different walks of life mm. but when it comes to this thing in their neighborhood it's making them feel something really positive and it know? has positive health impacts on yeah you. like that like exactly. the, aren't the societies that bathe together don't they live longer yeah. happier lives yeah. like this well, is a like, form there's of that. this you know the headline is like if you don't see your mom she's gonna die earlier because it's but it, it has to do with isolation yeah yeah people who become isolated at an older age they i mean maybe it's they lose the will to live they lose the yeah. sense body of starts shutting belonging down. here you know stuff like that yeah no, it's been, I mean for me, it's been amazing. I, I was I was going out there twice a week and watering, and 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 uh, we had the open garden open to the public, so I was like running the garden a couple of days a week. We did drawing classes there. I was DJing stuff there. Fuck I mean, yeah. it was just, and it was all with people that normally I would never even have met. So no. it's it, that's the communal thing, you mm -hmm. know. And, and once again, I mean, what makes it easier is we got a WhatsApp group for that, so that people can talk. We've got, you know, uh, the Google Docs so we can keep everything tracked. So, so the technology doesn't, you, you know, that's the other thing I think they're trying to, like, convince everybody that technology can only be this way with these big, giant corporations yeah. that own it all. But screw that. Technology can be whatever we want, and we can make it whatever we want. And, yeah. and, and it can definitely be used to help people be more intentional with each other mm. and grow these because that's the only way this is going to work oh, yeah. is, is, is if people stop. I mean, capitalism is killing us. Mm. Mm. Communalism is opposed to it. So, 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 you know, for a long time, I mean, I was like, 
you know, the socialist and the communist. But what I what I what I really think now is like intercommunalism is the thing. People yeah. need to see each other as we're all in this together. We're, 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 yeah, there isn't others. We're, it's just us. Yeah. We're here. If we don't do something, it's going to be gone. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so you know, that's that's kind of my feeling about it. You know? Yeah, we're part of this bigger whole. It's not about our own personal path to the top. It's like we, we there's no getting there alone, yeah. and there's no even there there to get to. No, that's that's the key. There's no end. It doesn't end. There's no end game. Yeah. There's no prize. Yeah. Like it's the universe. It's going to go however it goes. And and what you got to do is like try to be on the side of the green growing part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but totally. it's just like it's there. It's like totally. no one's. You're not gonna when you die. Someone's gonna go. Yeah, there. You did a great fucking job. <laughs> you, know, like, you just got to do what feels right. But mm. but that's where psychedelics can help you realize what you are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to water the garden even if it's not your flowers yeah, to pick. Ex- exactly. Because you want there to be beautiful gardens. Of yeah. I, I always think of it like a like a party. Like if we were having a party and there was 20 people here, but one person was in the corner miserable crying, I can't have a good time. Of course not. Yeah. We're like, can we f- f- yeah. figure this out and like make sure yeah. this person's okay? Like. Yeah. We're all we're all blind to so many things. We go through life and we've trained to ignore that person that's suffering and this person that's suffering, and it just has us in this way of thinking that, uh, like, I don't know, I can't get down with because I'm the person at the party that would be worried about the motherfucker who's not having a good time. Like, how can anyone have a good time till everyone is? That's I don't know. At least that's what I. Uh, no, I I think that's true, and, and, and I think also like. I know it seems intractable, but the truth is, like that garden that we're doing, little things like that grow into bigger things. I I don't think that ten years ago, if all the people in the neighborhood had come together, it wouldn't have ended. It would have would have ended up with everybody having individual plots. Mm, but yeah. but the very fact that that all these different people spontaneously through talking to each other realize that they really did want to be communal about it shows you that that most people know they're sensing it. They feel it that if we don't all start working together, yeah, like this isn't going to go anywhere. I, I think like COVID it, really revealed yeah, a lot yeah, to yeah, all of us. Yeah. You know, like it's not going to go anywhere if, if yeah. we don't do that. So, so, you know, I think that's kind of, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like I, I, I gotta believe that all over the country in interspersed with all these completely insane people, who've decided to just, like, give up their minds and, and, and whatever, that, like, most people are feeling that, that yeah. something really's got to happen. And the more that we can connect with each other, then the more that will grow, you know? Yeah. Like, and, 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 and that's kind of, like, hopefully, you know, like, what you guys are doing is great. The more you, you get people to talk about things and you get things out there, and I think yeah. there's a lot of these kind of things happening, mm-hmm. and that's all we can keep doing. Is, yeah, we got to render it out. Yeah. Because it's there, you yeah. know, like, like basically, the, despite what they all want you to think, basically people are decent and good. There yeah. are definitely some people who have sold their souls to some evil fucking yeah, yeah. thing that's just unbelievable. But but most people are good. Yeah. Most people don't want to kill other people. Yeah. Most people want to just have a good life and, 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 and don't want to take from anybody else they mm-hmm. just want everybody to have a chance at things and that's that that's really purely a 60s feeling you know that yeah. hopefully 
will come out. And that, that I really think is where the psychedelics are so critical because psychedelics allow you when they're done, you know, with intention and in the right set and setting, it really does open you up to this basic fact that everybody's connected, that the entire yeah. universe is, we're, we're all one here. And you, know? and you contain that the whole time. I think all the psychedelics do is they put fear in its place. And if you're in a society that doesn't have psychedelics, uh, like I look at my parents, they're your age. They're, they're media poisoned yeah. and yeah. they're, they, uh, it, they're good people, but they're media poisoned and their outlook and their whole vibration is completely yeah. different than yours because yeah. of it. And it's just because they pay attention to this thing and all the doom and gloom that the corporate media wants to tell yeah. them all the things to be, and they just take their prescription on it. And it just, I hate what it does to no, them. And I said they should be dropping Molly and dancing. That's what we said. I mean, we it's so that. simple. I like, know. It's, I mean, I'm and not, we, I'm, and I'm, we I'm have nothing special. We have like, these drugs. We, you know, like they're right there. Like, that's what keeps me going. Like, you know, that's, like, that's what keeps us going. Yeah, yeah, like, if you totally. took, if you took all this stuff off the table for the rest of my life, I'd have a hard time being like, right. okay, you know, like those things reveal me to me. Yeah. And I need a reminder because. Fucking life is hard, man. It's yeah. constantly, like, especially the city. It's yeah. like, I always describe New York City as like, it's always trying to chew you up, swallow you down, digest you, and shit you out. Yeah. And there's ways to resist that. And the way to do it is be like, oh, these are my people. They're yeah. my brothers and sisters. This isn't it's, it's, crushing it's, me. It's, it's just got to be done with that intention that, and knowingly that that's why you're doing it. You know, like, that's why I do it because it, 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 it's a bulwark against that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you just said, just take MDMA and dance. Yeah. That's what all I want my mom to do. <laughs> she'd be better Trump. off. Who gives she'd a be, fuck yeah. what Trump's yeah. doing today? Yeah. What are you doing? Let's yeah. take some Molly exactly. and fucking dance. Exactly. Well, we watched the whole JFK thing. We were, yeah. we were on Thanksgiving. We spent it watching, you know. JFK at, documentaries and the movie JFK. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. movie. You know, that you know, kind of uncovers uh, American exceptionalism and that sort of thing. And it's like, but so you just watch that, you know that that happened and then you're going to take the prescription that they're giving you're you. You're you know the CIA killed this guy yeah. because he was anti-war. And you're you, going to believe anything you know, they fucking told you since? And you, you know they use the media <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. make you believe. There was one guy that did this. He was a crazy guy. He has nothing to do with yeah. us. You and know. so they're using the media now to keep you scared and keep you consuming because yeah. it's this insatiable exactly. greed that we're having yeah. to bow down to. And it's a mind virus that we all can fall victim to and we all have to like keep reminding yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, and and like what what you're describing, like it might to some people sound insurmountable. How could we ever get there? This is generations after generations of work. I think it can happen overnight. It's a changing of a mindset. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you I change mean, your I mean, mindset, you stop working very fast in the '60s. Yeah, but but once again, it was because mm -hmm. so many people all dropped acid yep. at the same time. Like, <laughs> took like, the veil I, like down. You could, you could say whatever you want. Yeah. That's what happened. I was there. Like, yeah. that's, that is what happened. You know. Now, a lot of those people gave up. Yeah. Got sucked into whatever. They you know? stopped and, taking and, it. Yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, the, the, the amount of uh, strength you had to have to continue being a, a – Living in communes and doing things at that time was very heavy. You Get know, the like, fuck out of here. I mean, you know, you know, they killed a lot of people and they they locked us up and all this. Yeah. So, and there's so, cocaine. Uh, I'm, yeah, and then and then and heroin. I mean, yeah. I mean, those. That's the other thing you understand. It is a chemical war. They understand that. So oh, they, yeah. So they flood the city 
with heroin for the poor people and they flood the art art world with cocaine, which just completely screwed it up, you know, yeah. and, and that's the other and thing about now <laughs> is people need to understand every drug has its negative and positive and certain drugs are, are and this is another thing from the 60s, some things are life affirming, some things are death affirming. Mm-hmm. It's not said, there's nothing moral about it. It's just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> LSD and Molly are one thing. Heroin and cocaine are something else. You yeah. just have to re- realize that it's not. There's nothing. It's not a moral thing. It's just like go ahead, do it, but do it with the open eyes. That if you know you either playing with death or you're playing with life. Interesting. That's a really great way of putting it because it just simplifies it. Yeah. It takes all the fucking drug war nonsense yeah. out of it. Yeah. You know. So it's just it's just that simple. Mm. And so, like heroin, would you say that's death affirming because it like takes you away from life? Yeah, it, because it it it, it 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 puts a veil instead of opening you up and dissolving your ego. It puts this like cocoon around you yeah. and lets you dissolve into your own self, mm. which is exactly what you don't want to do. Like you want to open yourself. Mm. The thing about psychedelics is they dissolve the ego. Right. They for that one moment they let you forget about all this constructs, mm. so that you no longer can tell about time and you can look at the at your phone and go like, what is this? pretty thing and throw in the air you know what I mean like whereas with heroin you just kind of like fall back into yourself yeah and cocaine is like a direct shot to your it's making your ego 15,000 times bigger than it already is which is the last thing anybody I needs know. <laughs> I know you know man. it's like it's crazy want, it's so you, popular you want it to just like like go away <laughs> like that's the beauty of psychedelics it, 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 it frees you from that kind of you know thing that you have to use to get through the day not forever i'm not saying you can you can't be like psychedelic your whole life but once you felt that ego dissolve and once you feel that oneness with the universe and stuff you won't forget it you know and 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 if you allow yourself to really feel that but when people do these other drugs like they're going to end up in those places plus in fact uh, uh, the other reality is i mean heroin's a poison yeah You're, you're poisoning yourself yeah. You know, no one's ever o- OD'd on LSD or Molly. Like, it's not going to happen. Or mushrooms or, or mushrooms weed. Any, there's a reason for that. Yes. You know, like, like that thing is one thing, you know. And, like, uh, so to me, it's like we really need to, people need to choose life. And, and psychedelics are on the positive life side of things. Very well put. Yeah. Very well put. Really appreciate that. That's why we don't need, you know, like, like, like like and and if you know if some people want to just like sit in a corner and then you know what give them the fucking heroin and let them sit in the fucking corner why have this whole game of arresting yes. people and letting the cartels make millions of dollars like just make the shit free and give it to them yeah. what the fuck do you care yeah, if exactly. somebody wants to sit there and just fucking shoot dope. Like, go ahead. Yeah. It's better than all these fucking crazy fundamentalists running around wanting to kill women and you know and, and go nuts on, on people and stuff like that. Well, they right realize on. they can make money off that exactly. guy if they put him in exactly. a... Exactly. That guy's very valuable. Yeah. Like, they look... You, you overlook these people, you pass them by, but they're very valuable. And I always say this, even in just the optics of that surplus labor, motherfuckers, mm-hmm. keep going back to work if you don't want to end up like this guy. And so they're always going to be there as long as we keep playing the capitalist game. Yeah. But if we played this other game of compassion, like you're saying, 
Maybe we could say, hey, we have that stuff for you. It's here. It's for free. We're yeah. not going to stigmatize you yeah. about it anymore. I bet you they don't want to do it. Yeah. I bet you they don't care. Yeah. Once, you know, yeah. you just got to create a better, uh, you know, it, it, we're not going to solve the drug problems of this country with more drugs and this and that. We have to change society yeah. and yeah. soften it so it's so yeah. uh, more people can and, and, get down and, with you this. Know, like, make sure everybody understands what the impacts of drugs are. Make sure that everybody can get their drugs tested and legalize everything. Yeah. Just yeah. forget this, you know, yeah. like this is the kind of thing we need, you know, mm-hmm. and then I just think it would be better. It would if, be different. I mean, you can... look how they're messing up the whole pot. Th- in, in, they can't even open up pot stores and they won't let any of us just grow pot here. Why Are shouldn't you... we all be? Why shouldn't we be able to just grow pot and trade it for food? You know, yeah. like there's all sorts of things that could be going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but but the but the legal the government route going through that it's always paved with fucking loopholes and little things. For how the fuck could New York botch legalization of cannabis the way that they have? It's a fucking mess. Like because New York <laughs> is completely corrupt. Yes, I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean that that's the other thing that 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 you realize, you know, when you let yourself really look at things like. It's the things that no one wants to talk about. Yeah. This city's been corrupt since the day it started. Yeah. It's as corrupt now as it was 30 years ago. Exactly. The mayor is equally as corrupt as any mayor that's ever been. And everybody's like, oh, they're all walking around it. But we all know it. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the thing, like, like, we need to start taking that knowledge and look at each other and say, yeah, this is really is the situation. Yeah. And so the way to do it is like, yeah, you guys just go over there and let us do our thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And this is once again, where, where maybe it has to happen on, you know, small blocks or, or, or little things at a time, but the more people begin to work together and figure out how to relate to each other without, the transactional money, money thing because yeah. that's that's the biggest and hardest but but capitalism is killing us like we need to figure out a way to relate to each other without money whether mm-hmm. that's through trading services or trading goods but we just got to get away from from anything else and people need to stop with this whole you know the educational complex and thinking that somehow it's great for you to you know get all these degrees and somehow you're going to become a rich person and do all like forget all that like learning should be happening within a, with all of us together you know like we wanted to get rid of the universities in the 60s you know and and honestly like exactly. you know it was a good idea then and it's a good idea now this stuff is useless it really is it, well know? and now it's just used as a way to enslave people to debt that yeah, you just yeah. you come like, out like, with what's debt what's the sense of it you know and debt is another thing where we need to start i mean personally i think that Everybody needs to get together, and we need to stop paying off the debt. Uh, yeah, if everybody yeah. stop paying their mortgages, stop paying their loans, stop paying all this kind of stuff, you know what happened? The banks would collapse. Now, everybody's thinking, oh, my God, the banks are going to – you know what? <laughs> We'd be way better off if they're there were no powerful. banks. We're, they're, they're, they're too powerful. They're way too powerful. If It'd you knew what they awesome were doing with your money, collapsed. you'd be mortified. Yeah. You're that, yeah. that you don't even have yeah. your money, that they've yeah. already fucking invested it, 90% of it, you know? So, you know, people can say, oh, my God, well, well, if it all collapsed, we'd have to figure out a way to live with each other. We'd figure it out quick, too. And we would figure mm-hmm. it out. And, and once again, I mean, these ideas, for me, come directly out of, being psychedelic yeah, and right. taking psychedelics. Like mm-hmm. they allow you to think about this whole other way of being. Yeah. That is possible. You know, and like there's a reason why people 
for thousands of years have had these ceremonies. I mean, it's to, it's to reiterate these feelings and keep people like locked in with each other. You and know? it's a and form now of resistance. This, yeah, <laughs> and we have this technology that that it could make it happen. I think. I mean, I mean, I definitely think it could be. Dude, when the, when the the first day that they that the pandemic started, New York City said, you know, shelter in place or whatever. I was like, we're not paying rent. It was hard to convince Cass, but she was like, okay, cool. I was like, we're stopping paying rent, but let's get everyone in the building to stop paying rent because they just shut down the economy. We're fucked. We're not going to be able to do anything ourselves, but if this whole building stopped paying rent, they would then go to their higher-up person or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We sent out 36 notes to the whole building. We got 10 people involved. Ten, only 10 out of the 36 units were down to do it, and then they just dropped like flies. Yeah. Us yeah. included. Us, uh, us kind of included. We resisted, and they were like, uh, you know, when the economy opened back up, they were like, you have to leave. You owe us $30,000. I said, I'm not paying. And they were like, all right, fine. If you just get the fuck out, you don't have to pay the $30,000. So we got away with now paying rent for yeah. over a yeah. year. And we, re we resisted. And guess what? They got fucking refunded the money anyway. Yeah. There's no way for them to fail. Yeah, There's no exactly. way for, for them to fail unless we fuck with them. We they're can not, well, fuck with them. Well, they're not going to fight for us. They're not. But, they're not going to fight but, for but, us. But remember, what they did have to do was they had to stop evictions. Yeah. Yes. So, so that was the just, power I knew we it had. It just shows you that that if the more people get together, we can push. If people stop playing the money game and the debt game, mm. but you're right, it only works if if thousands and thousands of people do to, it. Yeah. But but that can happen. Yeah. You know that can. I mean, the reason the war, the Vietnam War stopped was because people stopped fighting. Yeah. They, the soldiers there stopped fighting, and people here stopped fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's the same thing with the debt thing. Like, like eventually, that's the way it's got to go because we got to get rid of these banks. It's, oh yeah. It's it's, it's, it's just they're hard controlling to deal. our lives. Yeah. It's just so yeah. crazy to me that like our parents could buy a house for you know 300,000 back in the day not even live, live in it for you know 30 years and then still owe 150 yeah. well we because our parents got caught in the debt cycle and they had yeah. to keep leveraging their thing and and 18 percent interest it's like it's criminal the, the really nefarious thing is like and i guess it started with nixon taking us off the gold standard not to get too deep in this but like he takes us off the gold standard now the now the the federal reserve which is just some made-up thing controls our money so so wages have stagnated since then but are but because of inflation like we always say stuff like uh man a movie ticket used to be a dollar fifty but now it's this and no one thinks twice about why the fuck is a movie ticket get so expensive our money has been rendered worthless wages don't go up the money becomes more worthless so even just keeping your money even if you took all cash for every job you did it's becoming yeah. more and more worthless yeah. as it sits there. That's a fucked up system where no one can get ahead. And it's not inflation. It's greedflation. Yes. All this, people talk about prices now. That's just pure and simple. They're just raising the prices to yeah. make more money. Yeah. And, and, and you have this, you know, this continual situation. As long as anybody can't see that a guy who's a CEO who makes 300 times what the people who work for him do, that somehow that in any way possible, I mean, I can tell you for a fact, I work for Wells Fargo Bank. Yeah. I can guarantee you the CEO of Wells Fargo Bank didn't know how to put his feet into his fucking <laughs> shoes. He was just, he just looked good. Yes. They're just stupid, yeah. greedy 
evil people. And he'd behave for the, you he know. He just knew how to look good. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? That's all they are. Biden, all of them, they're all that way. Yeah. That's how they are. They're not, they're just, they're just phony. Yeah. They're completely phony. And, and, and until we start, you know, people just need to realize this, like, screw these people. Well, the, nobody, a million dollars, like, nobody is doing anything yeah. worth a million dollars a year. You, you know, like, it just, it, it's like. And, and, and once again, well, I think when you're psychedelic, you realize the true value of things. I mean, mm. you can't tell me that 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 when I'm DJing, that what I'm doing is any less intense than what the biggest name DJ in the world is doing. In fact, or the biggest probably, CEO, for yeah, that yeah, you know. And, but but <laughs> well, the fact that, is, I'm probably doing more than that guy yeah. because that guy is playing for like fifty thousand people in some fucking crummy place where they're paying ten dollars for a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm in this place with like thirty people, and we're looking at each other and we're feeling each other. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you which one is the real DJ. Totally. You know, exactly. and like, and like, and it, once again, like this is this is like. That's where psychedelics come in because they give you some real perspective Mm. on stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, and and we all get caught up in it, you know, but like, it's just ridiculous what's going on now with these billionaire, you know, all, all respect to, you know, Taylor Swift and Beyonce, but come on, dude. What are we doing? There's like billions of dollars. It's like, it's got nothing to do with life. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with, it's just another big TV show to keep people Mm-hmm. spaced out well, that's what, you know. and that's what the psychedelics do it makes you realize like oh someone made these rules someone exactly. decided about money and you're like oh if this was by human design human can continue to evolve the design uh, and, yeah. you don't, and you can exactly. change how it is and, and exactly. I think they get us in so many ways with this myth of unskilled labor and uh, uh, people not having um, whatever they've totally just pulled the wool over to separate us more and devalue and it's it's insane other eyes other eyes i i i wish that i don't understand exactly we should just be like you can't make a certain amount of yeah, money of course not. <laughs> like what are we talking it's about ridiculous. It's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous because over a certain amount it just totally it's it's inherent to it that people got exploited yeah you know, yeah. people are trying to say Taylor Swift earned this four billion dollars no, in the didn't. most honest way, and it's like, <laughs> who made the shirts? Where did it, it, tell yeah. me were those shirts made in America? How much were the people? No, they weren't. Trust yeah. me. Who made that? Who yeah. did this? The scalpers got rich. Regular people got fucking fleeced. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. The promoters all made millions. Like, come yeah. on. You know what I mean? She's a nice lady, but come yeah. on. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, she's like, well, she's like a, she's part of the system. She's not going to break out of yeah. the system. It's not all Taylor yeah. Swift's fault. It's like our, yeah. our system is built on, on greed mm. and... Um, yeah. But going back to what you said, you know, like the, the, the very first insight I ever had on my very first acid trip was we were standing there and I was looking at, at, uh, you know, we were in the, up on the hill in the commune and you could see the, uh, the cars going by. And I, you know, I just realized, I said, all these people could just stop those cars and just get out yeah. and come over here. Yeah. And we could all be, you know what I mean? Like, it would all just stop, yeah. you know? And that's when I realized, I said, and that's all I got to do is just stop. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that worry I had about what was I going to do in my life and like, how was I going to deal with the war or my parents? I just really, you know what? All the shit they wanted you I worried just gotta about. just got to stop. Let yeah. it all go. Like, I'm around all these fucking incredible people right here, and we're all feeling this beautiful sun. And we're, How would you have realized that if it weren't for a the LSD substance? Is what, like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, it, it, it completely changed my life. Breaks the programming. moment 
to hear. Mm-hmm. And I've been very fortunate that there was never a moment in my life when I didn't, where I ever forgot that. I yeah. truly say that. Even when I was working for the bank, I like you know, I never forgot that. Plenty of times I would go head to head with the fucking pigs there, and they just couldn't shake me. Yeah, you know, right. So you want to fire me? Fucking fire me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, unstoppable you force. Because <laughs> when you don't give a fuck, like that's the key, and that's one of the things that psychedelics can help you understand. Because it's your ego yeah. that gives a fuck, not you. Yes, and yes. you're not your ego. Yes, yeah. That's wow. the key. That's the probably one of the most important things that psychedelics does for you yeah. is make you realize that the you that's you isn't just that voice in your head talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's this whole other thing that's connected to everybody else. Beautiful. Well, thank you. You've blessed us. Larry, DJ Preschool. <laughs> um, what's the best way for people to find you? Well, uh, DJ Preschool on Instagram okay. is, is probably the best, or you can go to djpreschool.com which is my website, and uh, yeah, I mean, check my shit out. If School you're in with New a York, K. Yeah, S-K-O-O-L. Yeah. So P-R-E-S-K-O-O-L.com, you know, uh, and if you're in New York, come find me, man. Hell yeah, let's, we'll be there. Let's take Molly and <laughs> yes. dance the house music. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Uh, love you guys. Peace, love, love and magic. Thank you, Larry. Yep.